Welcome to This Week in Princeton Vikings Athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer. Once again, we are joined by Princeton AD Joe Roberts. Uh, Joe, good to see you once again. Let's get right into it. We have a very, very busy show for Vikings fans here today. Uh, at the top of last week's show, we uh, talked about some news and notes from the uh, winter sports season. We talked about having a new football coach, and, and we also talked about the uh, retirement of longtime girls basketball coach Jill Phillips and kind of the behind the scenes of what went into her decision, your conversations with her. And we also talked about your plan for her successor. And you had talked about that this was good. This was intending to be a quick process. You wanted to get somebody in place to get the program, continue to keep it rolling. And it took one week <laughs> from the time we uh, talked last to now all of a sudden, we have a new head coach, and it's uh, for fans that didn't see the news, uh, D. Davis, a 2003 Princeton grad and uh, more than a legend in girls basketball at Princeton High School, is now the head coach. She uh, went on from Princeton to uh, Vanderbilt, where she had a heck of a career there, was named an SEC legend, spent some time playing in the WNBA, and she's been coaching at various schools at the Division One level for a number of years, and now she comes home to take over the girls' basketball program uh, at Princeton. Uh, first of all, how quickly, when you began the search, did Coach Davis get on your radar? And secondly, once you started conversations with her, when did you personally know, this is the this is the choice, she's the one I want to recommend to the board? Um, well, Jason, I mean, you know, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, great turnaround. We're so excited to have D back first and foremost and, and to lead our girls basketball program and pick up the reins from coach Phillips and just keep the momentum going, uh, and set that standard. I, I think the comment was made, you know, uh, coach Phillips now has the all time wins record here at Princeton. Well, we are ready to go ahead and move that record into the second spot after D, you know, once we get D and get her comfortable. So she's got, you know, nothing short of, of a lot of high standards to, uh, to achieve. But, um, you know, when coach Phillips came in and met with us and told us that this was going to be her last season uh, coaching basketball, it, I, I mean, I had it in my mind at that moment, um, you know, I learned many years ago that that as an athletic director, you always need to have a list of names or ideas or thoughts in case a, a change uh, does need to happen or doesn't, you know, just on their own uh, wanting to happen. And, and you know, she's she hangs in our rafters. She's a Viking through and through. Um, she has played at the highest level that you can play in the WNBA for women's basketball played overseas for a year. But one of the, the key points to it was, is that then she went back and she coached high school basketball in Tennessee. And she took a program to the state finals in back, back years. Uh, they lost in the semifinal game, but she, she built a program and did something that they had not accomplished at that school before. And when talking to her, one of the things that she brought up was that moment when she went back um, to coaching, that was when her, she was most fulfilled because she was imparting what she had learned on and off the court from her coaches that guided her and was giving that back to kids. And um, she has an unbelievable game plan. She has um, desire to see these girls excel, not just in basketball, but what are they gonna do after that? Uh, 
when when she met the girls yesterday, the high school girls, obviously, they were very uh, shy a little bit. They would ask a few questions of her, but they were real hesitant. And then, then she went down and got a chance to meet the girls that had played seventh and eighth grade basketball. And uh, just to talk to them and a few of the sixth graders, because we have our little Vikes program. So a few of them came in uh, to, to meet her and they were just loaded with questions. And one of the questions that came out is, is what do you want for, uh, for us? And she said, I want to see you be the best you can be in whatever that is. Not just basketball, softball, soccer, uh, chess, it didn't matter. Whatever it is that you can be the best in, I want to see that and I want to help you achieve those goals. So um, she has a lot of passion for kids and we're really excited about that and we're excited to get her uh, going in. She's going to be here sometime in May um, and then once she gets here, it's it's boots on the ground and, and running full force. So now right now, the director of basketball operations at uh, Texas Arlington. So take care of things down there and then up here. We'll be looking forward to seeing how things go uh, for now. Coach Davis uh, at Princeton as she comes back home and we'll be keeping track of progress of that uh, in the weeks and months to come. So very exciting there. Uh, couldn't have asked on paper and starting out, couldn't have asked for a better successor to uh, to Coach Phillips there. So no, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Not at all. And, and, you know, hats off to our administrative leadership, Mr. Burton, our superintendent, Mr. Balmer, our principal for believing in what we were uh, what we were trying to set the goals we were trying to set and the support they gave us to get to get us into a position where we we realize that everything that we do is so important. And it's not just about athletics. It's about every student athlete, fine arts to music to uh, any club organization, but there's just a belief in, in our kids. And, and you know, uh, we had a really great game plan going into it and it, it had worked itself through. And uh, it certainly seemed like off to a good start anyway with uh, her her uh, initial interactions with everybody around the program, especially young, especially youth. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool story about the uh, the current members of the team being a little gun shy, and I guess maybe maybe the resume can be a little intimidating uh, for those kids. But for the younger younger ones, that youthful exuberance, you know, they don't know what they don't know, and uh, to uh, be ready to go with questions and also have her response. I, I'd imagine that's got to feel pretty good from your perspective too, to know that she's already you know already has the right mindset to uh, to take things over from uh, Coach Phillips. Yeah, it was really funny. You know, um, we were talking right before the show about the vaccinations and what have you. And, yeah. and my the, the first initial contact I had with Coach Davis was was FaceTime. And it was that Friday, Friday after the second vaccination. And I told you I was having all the, you know, I had the fever going and, and the aches yep. and the chills and what have you. And I'm sitting here in the office and I'm talking to her and I'm like, no. Now, D, if I say something that just totally throws you off, understand it's, it's out of sight and mind. But if you want to turn and run now, I understand that too. So it, it was, it was been a, it's been a great, great run here. Uh, and thankfully, nothing bad was said there. And <laughs> right. she's, she's coming, she's yeah, coming, she she's it. coming back. Yes. And <laughs> she understood that and, and she still choose to, uh, to come back home. So, uh, We'll be keeping the track on her as things move along here. But uh, let's move along on the show, and uh, let's now start talking about our spring sports teams. And uh, let's once again start on the diamond with the baseball team. And, and we talked last week about how the struggles to start the season, uh, particularly for the pitching staff. They've been hit around a lot uh, going into last week's set of uh, three games that wound up being uh, played with uh, Lakota West uh, twice and then also uh, Oak Hills 
uh, this past Monday. And uh, unfortunately, things just not going their way right now. They, it, they dropped the three games that have been played since we've uh, last ta- talked. So uh, losing streak continues, unfortunately, right now. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering what's the demeanor amongst the boys right now uh, on the team. I know the coaching staff is doing everything they can to keep their keep them you know, uplifted, energetic, positive. But I'm wondering what the demeanor is that you can tell from the boys. And it ain't a point right now where they can just maybe feel, even if we just get one break, we can start to turn it around. I think that's where we are, right? You know, you have a whole different mix of things going right now. And, you know, the the record, it semi-translates to what's going on on the field, but it also doesn't because we talk about the level of competition that we are playing. So we know that we can yeah. play. We know those things. We have the confidence there. Again, it goes back to, um, you know, we're trying to develop some additional pitching, but we're trying to get the bats going at the same time. And, and one or two different little errors can make a difference in a ball game. And I think there's a couple of emotions going. And it's when I see the kids as they're heading over to the, to the diamond or they're getting ready to get on the bus, you know, you have, you have a couple things happening. One, it is April the 13th. And we're, I don't know, five weeks away from the end of school and graduation and you know you have all of the different mixes coming into play with that and then you're trying to maintain some stability and have a season and i think that that portion of it comes into it as well and so um no one is throwing it in and saying this is i've you know we've had enough of this everyone is still fighting and battling and scrapping and crawling the the uh the key to it is is they're just trying to figure out a way to to get you know let's have one less error let's have one less run come in and and let's let's start to put the bat on the ball a little bit more and i think we can produce we have a good chance uh to make a run here coming up you know the second half of what i would call the second half of the season and again um it comes back to uh doing the little things for the kids and it comes back to you know the coaches need to look at it too and say okay this this way we might need to adjust and make some some changes here in this rotation or this lineup to see if we can get the bats going a little bit better um but you know there there could be some light at the end of the tunnel i mean obviously the schedule isn't set up to do that but um you know like we talked about last week it, we can lay some foundation then all of a sudden we could get some momentum going in that draw in that seed for the for the sectionals and you know walk out feeling pretty confident on a, on a high note instead of a low note and as we move into the offseason. So uh, super proud of what they're trying to do. It's just not been the easiest of situations for anyone, given all the yeah. constraints that we've gone through. But uh, still a lot of baseball left to play. Kind of a similar story on the softball side of things. It looked like we were headed down a similar path where you know things just aren't going our way. And that seemed like it was going to be that kind of going story until Monday in a wild one against Sycamore. You uh, you get up early four to nothing, and then all of a sudden in the fourth inning, Sycamore hangs eleven runs on the board in the fourth inning, and it could very be very easy for the girls to say, "Oh gosh, here we go again." And then all of a sudden, your team comes back and scores eight runs in the bottom of the sixth. And wind up winds up winning the game fourteen to thirteen. So they get the first win of the season there. And uh, you know it, it, this is a situation here. I'm I'm imagining that not only you, but the coaches have to be thrilled with the way the girls hung in and fought and grinded their way back into a game where it could have very easily just been a situation where they could have said, "Well, today's not our day. We'll just get them the next time out." But they didn't do that here. 
No, you know, I, I think Coach Black and his staff kind of said, listen, you see what Sycamore just did? We can do the same thing, you know, yeah. and it's just a matter of, again, uh, and softball is one of those unique sports that, if, you know, it's a pitching and catching. And if you can get that bat on the ball again, you can score runs. And, and you know, you don't need to worry about the power side of the game in softball as much as you do putting the ball in play and, you know, preventing that pitcher from just striking you out constantly. So I think once they got in their groove, you know, I think it, it really went to their benefit. And what a great way to end the game in an exciting fashion like that to be able to say, man, it's almost like made for uh, ESP media to stream this game right here because <laughs> perfect setting last night, perfect backdrop last night, uh, excellent playing conditions. You know, the weather went away. We were able to get the fields ready for the game and we were able to produce a little bit. So now we've got to get back into the groove, uh, get, get prepared today for tomorrow so we can get things moving again and just keep it going through the weekend. And we'll be keep looking to keep an eye on that. But again, that's a, that's a big win, you know, especially given the first first week, week and a half uh, was pretty tough and it could have very easily, this team could have just folded like we said, and they didn't, and they kept yeah. fighting. That's, it's a, that's a huge building block uh, going forward for the rest of the year. And there's still a lot of games to be played. Uh, there is, as, you know, well. we've got, we've got Mount healthy tonight at Mount healthy. Mm-hmm. And then we go to uh, Fairfield on Wednesday. And then we come back here with Mason, but I mean, so you get, you get on the road for a couple games kind of get that environment as well, get you used to a little bit of tournament feel, if you will, back-to-back road games in a sense, and, and just kind of get us in, into that groove again and, and get us ready for what we're trying to do to make the stretch run. Let's switch gears. Let's jump into the pool, and let's talk about your water polo teams, and let's start with the boys first. And uh, pretty busy weekend uh, for the boys, and uh, went up into the uh, Napoleon Invitational there. Uh, win-loss record, maybe not what they would have wanted, go 1-2-1 one, and one up there, but uh, – we're also talking about a very, very loaded level of competition as well up at that uh, Napoleon invite there. Uh, you know, give up 12 goals each of the last two games, which is an aberration given how well they've played uh, uh, on the season. But uh, that was against uh, St. Charles and Upper Arlington. For fans that may not be aware, how good was the group of teams up there uh, at the Napoleon invite? And how do you think it prepares them for the Ohio Cup coming up? So I'm going to relate to the same to what we did with our initial invite, you know, um, and when we went to Upper Arlington, though, St. Charles and Upper Arlington are probably the most premier or the toughest water polo teams in the state. And quite possibly you could probably place them on a, on an out, you know, a national type level in terms of their string of, of, of excellence that they've had their, their just their level of game is just a little bit different than others. I think that's what gets us ready and kind of what we were talking about last week with the girls as yeah. you know, again, we just kept the ball down at the wrong end of the pool a little too much. And when that happens, they're going to put shots on you and, and you're not going to be able to recover from some of those. So um, I think Coach Tamaris knows uh, this is all, again, a building a foundation and preparing us for that stretch run. Upper Arlington and St. Charles are both great opponents for us to get us ready. I think we'll see them multiple times coming up again. Water polo is one of those sports where you do see one another just constantly because there's so few schools that still offer the program. Um, but be that as it may, that doesn't take anything away from what our what our boys are doing right now 
And, you know, we come back tomorrow night with Mason. Uh, it's senior night for our boys and girls. Um, you know, we're back in the home waters here and just kind of gearing us up. And like you said, getting ready for the Ohio Cup. And then again, getting ready for that stretch run with, uh, with the regional and the, and the state finals. We talked, you just touched on the, over on the girls' side. They were uh, busy this weekend as well uh, up at a uh, Upper Arlington Invite. Uh, don't pick up a win there. They go 0-2-1. But, again, another another day where you, you've got – you're loaded with top teams uh, up there. And, and we talked about it, and you alluded to it just a moment ago, the, the way last week we were touching on the way they were kind of dominating on both sides of the ball. And one way they were doing that was dominating possession. You know, It's hard to allow goals when the other team doesn't have the ball. Uh, that seemed to turn a little bit uh, this weekend, uh, giving up 31 goals in the three games. But again, you played a very high level of uh, competition there. Is Are the coaches looking at this weekend as attributing it more towards that level of competition? Or are there maybe some deeper concerns with uh, the way your team was uh, defending this, this past weekend? Well, I, I, you know, and I haven't had a chance to co- talk to Coach Jen yet, but I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know if they're, if they're just trying to set the, the stable. I think it's more about repetition for them. I think it's, you know, trying to adjust again, you know, if you need to move an off- offense, an offensive uh, swimmer into a defensive position or making some adjustments there, obviously guarding the goal is very important, but again, yeah. keeping the ball at the other end of the water, I think, you know, the key to it, much like soccer, in my opinion, if you keep the ball at the other half of the field, then you have a better chance of a scoring, but, you know, obviously preventing, preventing from being scored upon. So, you know, sure. both coach Tamaris and coach shell have just this wonderful um, ability to just kind of say on to the next, if you will, we'll, we'll get through this session here and then just on to the next match. And so I think that's part of it. You know, they right now, their focus is probably getting ready to, to take on Mason, and then getting ready to see what's in front of them after that. And, you know, you never try to put one game in front of the other. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are with the girls. Um, much like what you saw base, you know, with the baseball side of things, softball, you know, attitude wise, you know, everybody's kind of just right in it and, and ready just to go on and, and keep playing. And I think some of that has to do with that. We're in the water. We get to do things. Let's just keep going. So, yeah. um, I think tomorrow night will be a, a little bit different scenario for them. We, uh, a lot of teams right now already kind of some approaching the midway point of the season. Others still early in it. Uh, two of those teams that are early in the seasons uh, anyway, uh, tennis and volleyball just getting going here, really just uh, really through the first uh, a handful of uh, games and matches uh, thus far. Let's start with the tennis team first. They've got uh, Oak Hills and Lakota West coming up. Uh, this week, uh, how did you feel they looked in the opening week last week, and uh, what kind of things are they looking to shore up early on? Well, I, from a from a, from a scoring perspective, I mean, obviously, we are not uh, we're, we're not where we need to be right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of it is again getting the rust off and, and knocking the cobwebs off so that the kids are ready. Um, what I really kind of thought would happen this week is not happening yet. And that's a little bit warmer weather set in and to give the kids a chance to get outside more and get it and, and more in terms of, cause they're outside right now, but more in terms of the, the rhythm of things. And, and when it's warmer outside, they have a chance to get more matches in or more time on the practice court because there's more daylight and, and what have you. So I think part of that has to do with it, you know, no excuses and whatsoever that we're trying to give, but everybody needs to remember, we are just now getting started. We came off of a break. 
you know, and, and we're battling some weather elements. And, you know, uh, Airfield, Northwest, Middletown, uh, you know, you can take it or leave it right there. And, and we just have to keep on playing our game. And I think Coach Mulholland knows that. I think we have, we're solid where we need to be. We probably need to pick it up a little bit on the double side to keep things going. But, you know, to, uh, today with Oak Hills, uh, you know, it's anybody's match. So let's just keep it moving and, and see where we go with it. Over on the uh, volleyball side, they've got a, a busy week this week. Uh, Lakota East, Edgewood, Mason uh, all coming up here after uh, getting going last week against Oak Hills, Taylor, and uh, Lakota West. They uh, struggled out of the gate there. You know, uh, Oak Hills took a team pretty good. You go five sets with Taylor, uh, but but uh, ultimately come up short there. Yeah. Do you look at it as a similar type of situation with the volleyball team comp- with the tennis? And, and you mentioned it too, just kind of need to get the rust off and just kind of get to get back into the flow of things early on. <laughs> hundred percent, but a little bit different. I also need to make sure our, our kids um, are learning. You know, we've talked about this. Coach Duckworth has a, an unbelievable group of student athletes, but not very many of them have played volleyball competitively. Yeah. And so I think some of that is that learning mechanics and the mechanics of the sport and the mechanics of the rotation. Um, from an athletic standpoint, they are certainly going to be able to do that. And it's very exciting to continue to watch them do that. And we've got Lakota East here tonight. And um, much like what you've seen in the traditional, I mean, it's going to be a battle back and forth, you know, battle back and forth for serves. But it's a matter of us getting the ball in play and being in the right spots to return it and not try to overcompensate, um, you know, for, for our use our athleticism to try to overcompensate from the technique standpoint. So I think some of that comes into it as well. Um, what I do see from our boys volleyball players is just the, the fun. You know, they, they're having fun playing it because, again, many of them have never played the sport competitively before, and it's just a new, a new um, opportunity for them, and they're really excited about that part of it. So tonight's match should be really exciting. We'll be looking forward to uh, keeping track of that uh, as, as it goes along there as well. And, of course, as we said, also Edgewood and Mason coming up the next few days. So to get more opportunities to uh, knock that rust off here, let's move on and uh, let's talk about another big event that took place over the weekend at Princeton. And that was the Princeton invite for track and field teams. Uh, also served as senior day, you know, a chance to uh, honor your uh, senior track and field athletes for both the boys uh, and the girls. Um, Mother Nature didn't exactly do us a lot of favors there. The conditions weren't exactly ideal, maybe for some runners and, and, and the field athletes, they like being out there uh, in, in the rain. But uh, nevertheless, uh, setting that aside there, how do you feel like the event went? Um, well, I'll go back. The conditions at noon were perfect. Mm-hmm. The conditions at 1.15, in my <laughs> opinion, because I was standing out in it, you know, I mean, they <laughs> they can have it. So, no, I first off, hats off to our boys and girls track coaches, Coach Braddock's, Coach Smith, and their staff just did an amazing job of a making sure that our kids were in the position to be in bringing in and let's lining up some of the best competition in Southwest Ohio and including bringing Dublin down, but, you know, to give our kids to see what it, what it's going to take to go on outside of our conference and run it, run at a high level. But then not only that, you know, our maintenance staff did just an amazing job of getting our facility ready for the day. Uh, everyone in the, in the office here, 
they were on point with making sure things were right for our invite because you know from a high school perspective at Princeton we only run one track meet here and yeah. it is our it is the Spurlock Invitational and that is just a great time for us to showcase our facility and our student athletes and our program in front of some very very high high level and high class and quality student athletes that we bring in so uh, you know, from an operational standpoint, it was a great day. From a competitive standpoint, our student athletes saw some things that kind of made them wake up a little bit, say, okay, okay, now the bar is starting to get set as early as it is. And, and we can use the conditions to a point because it, you know, we had to shut the field events down. We got shot and disc in, but long jump, high jump and pole vault, it just wasn't, wasn't gonna be safe enough to continue going and, and moving forward there. So the, our student athletes on the, in those events didn't get to see much, but they got to see some things early. But from a running perspective, I think we've got, you know, we've got some kinks to work out, but that's what this season's for to get us ready for conference and then obviously into districts. Good weekend nonetheless. As you said, yeah. Mother Nature, Mother Nature kind of off and on, as yeah, is kind of how, how it's I been always, the case here as of late. I always equate it back. Lexington, Ohio, uh, the second weekend in April, just like this past weekend for, for us here at Princeton, is the Lexington Track Invitational. It never turns into spring until after the Lexington Track Invitational. They have snow. They, you know, they, we always had snow at our track invite there. But down, down here, we're just hoping to have some good, you know, non-rain weather or warmer rain, uh, if yeah. you will. But yeah, it was a great day. Great day for the kids, and hats off to our senior student athletes as well. Got another great day coming up at Princeton High School as well. On the, in the very, very near future, a, a spring signing day yeah. uh, coming up. You've got a dozen athletes that will officially put. Uh, uh, pen to paper there and uh, make it official as to where they're headed off to uh, the next level to play in uh, college athletics. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, April the 14th at three o'clock. We're going to have our uh, 12 senior student athletes. They're going to commit to continuing their playing career after high school. And anytime we have an opportunity to showcase our students, it's just, a, it's a great feeling. And, and I love the way that um, to Duckworth, coordinates and organizes this event so that we are including multiple sport participation athletes. And it's not just singularly focused on, on one sport. You know, we have the Dexter twins that are going to run track at Indiana Tech, you know, Alicia Hall, who's going to play softball at Thomas Moore, uh, Leona Killington, who's going to play softball at Miami Hamilton, Arion Turner, who's going to run foot or play football at Mount St. Joe, Madison Rochelle, who's going to commit for basketball at Radford, Greg Johnson and Jesse Olberson uh, both respectfully are going to go play basketball at Goshen uh, College and Wilberforce University. Taryn Cash, who's going to commit to play basketball. Uh, Rayana Wilkerson, who's going to play basketball at Adrian College. Uh, Javon Neal is going to go on and play football at Wittenberg. And then Brooklyn Bowen has committed uh, to continue her tennis career at Virginia State University. So uh, very diverse backgrounds in terms of, of what they're going on to do, but their passions are in there. And it's just really exciting to be able to capture that uh, tomorrow afternoon and, and recognize these student athletes for all they've done for us here. One final event here that uh, took place over the weekend here as we're uh, winding down the show here. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll quickly touch on this as well. Uh, the Princeton Vikings Hall of Fame class of 2020 uh, was finally able to be honored uh, this past weekend. A uh, great class of, of folks going in there. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that night was for you and for the honorees. I think what you just said a minute ago, Jason's right. You know, it was the, it was the 2020 class. 
Uh, we intended to induct them in October. Obviously, COVID pandemic prevented us from being able to have any type of event indoors. The Sharonville Convention Center uh, wasn't able to do that, but we kept the idea open that we needed to recognize this 2020 class. So working with the Sharonville Convention Center, and Latoya did a really, really wonderful job of being able to keep that line of communication open. When they told us that they would be able to do it in April, but we had some really, really tough restrictions that we had to go through. But again, no one really knew what to expect. And so the, the attendance number was down from what it has been, but we were prepared for it to be down. And, yeah. and our intent all along was the fact that we had a group of individuals that have earned an opportunity to be recognized and be discussed. And um, it was a very special night uh, to listen to their stories, to listen to their passion for Princeton. And it is still with them today. And um, Coach Paul Andrews, Ross Moran, and Coach Mancuso could not be there. So we did audio recordings of their three of their three speeches or, or messages that they wanted to give mm -hmm. back. And it was just so impactful to listen to them all share stories of their love for Princeton and their love for this community and what it meant for them. And I I don't know if they did because we didn't ask them, but it was almost as if none of them had anything written down. It was all from the heart. And that was just really incredible to see and, and listen to. And then Nicole Donnelly, uh, her message coming back and uh, Maurice Harvey. Maurice Harvey was, was very emotional. Um, in fact, he just got up to the podium and he simply said it all. He just said, thank you. He, you know, he couldn't speak anything else. And then we had, uh, we had a representative from the Saunders family talk about uh, Joe and John Saunders, uh, who graduated from Glendale School in 1937 and 38, respectfully. And you look at the body of work that they did uh, on, the track, on the track, on the football field, uh, what they did in that time frame, in that period, and listening to them. The fact of the matter that both of them are in the National High School Hall of Fame and to be able to honor them for here at Princeton. While, it, while Glendale School was not called Princeton High School in 1937 and 1938, they are Vikings. And it was just a wonderful evening to be a part of and to listen to all those great stories. We are going to bring that 2020 class back. Uh, the October 8 weekend, 8-9 weekend is our Hall of Fame weekend. It's, it's surrounded with homecoming as well. And we will honor and recognize that group of individuals at our football game on Friday night, October 8th as well, along with the class of 21. So, um, you know, it, it's just part of what, what you do when you, when you have Hall of Fames and that's to give them what they've, what they've earned. And it was great to see. Yeah. A lot of hard work goes in, uh, not only for the student athletes, but for administrators like yourself and to have a night like this, uh, pretty cool to be, be able to give these people their long overdue uh, honor there uh, for sure. So nevertheless, a lot of great stuff, not only in the Hall of Fame night, but a lot of great stuff happening this week at Princeton and, and a lot of great stuff looking forward to uh, in the coming weeks, Joe. Certainly appreciate your time here today to talk about it. Absolutely, Jason. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. That is Princeton Athletic Director Joe Roberts joining us for this week in Princeton Vikings Athletics here on vikenation.org and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.